You know, I'm excited today. Not only are we celebrating the Queen's Platinum Jubilee over this weekend, but it is also Pentecost Sunday today, where we celebrate in the New Testament where the Holy Spirit came and anointed the disciples and they all just went, we can just do anything. And they went out into the world and shared the good news of Jesus. And as Paul says as well, we're starting a new series called Breaking Chains. So I've tried to weave all three of them together, so I hope it sort of works. Um, But as Paul said, Jubilee is not just a term that we use for the royal family. It's actually a biblical term. And I want to read to you to start off from Leviticus 25. um, Just what the Jubilee meant to the Jews and within their community. Um, So here we go. Leviticus 25 verses 8 to 13 in the message, and it should be on the screen. It says, count off seven Sabbaths of years, seven times seven years. Seven Sabbaths of years adds up to 49 years. I'm glad they did the maths because I couldn't have done it. Then, so this is on the fifth, sound loud blasts on the ram's horn. On the tenth day of the seventh month, the day of atonement, sound the ram's horn all over the land. Sanctify the fiftieth year, make it a holy year, proclaim freedom all over the land to everyone who lives in it, a jubilee for you. Each person will go back to his family's property and reunite with his extended family. The 50th year is your jubilee year. Don't sow, don't reap what volunteers itself in the fields. Don't harvest the untended vines because it's the jubilee and the holy year for you. You're permitted to eat from whatever volunteers itself in the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone returns home to his family or property. So basically what happens, every 50 years in Israel, they had a year of jubilee. They got a ram's horn and they blew it really loud all across the land. And in that year, if you'd sold property, if you'd moved away, if you no longer owned your family home, if you had been a slave because you'd ran out of money and you'd had to give yourself as a slave, all of those debts were cancelled. You were allowed to go back to your family home and whoever was living there couldn't live anymore there. It was your family home. You were allowed to be set free if you were a slave. No matter what was going on in the 50th year, in the year of Jubilee, you were set free. Every chain over your life was broken. Everything that said you couldn't be or you couldn't do was no longer valid anymore because it was the year of Jubilee. You were free. It was an economic, a cultural, environmental and a community reset. I'm going to say that again. It was an economic, a cultural, an environmental and a communal reset. So everything was reset Economically, with finances, things were reset. Culturally, things were reset. Environmentally, they left the land alone. They gave it a break. Things were reset. Communally, things were reset. All debt was paid in full when it got to this year. And you think, why does that work? Well, when they indebted themselves over something it was all working up to the year of jubilee so i will pay this much until it gets to the year of jubilee and then i won't owe anything anymore that was how it worked 
And you know, I think for the Jews, it probably worked a bit like this. If I can get to the year of Jubilee, everything will be all right. I may be enslaved at the minute. I may be in chains. I may not be with my family. I may not be living where I want to live. But if I can get to the year of Jubilee, it'll be all right. And I don't know about you, but I know somebody. If I can get to him, then everything will be all right. And this morning, I want to say to you, if you can reach Jesus this morning, and he is in reach, he is not some faraway God. He is not someone who is running away from you. He is running towards you this morning. And if you can reach Jesus, then there is a setting free. There is a reset over your life that can happen, and things will never be the same again. This is your year of jubilee, and all you need to do is reach Jesus, and he is standing right in front of you. You know, and I think, although we look at this as a Jewish custom and think, wow, what an amazing thing they did. They set the slaves free, they gave the land a rest. All those things that we look at, and today we say, these are bad things. You know, we're not looking after the environment. We don't look after people well at times. All of these things we do badly. People, you know, are in dysfunction and families fall apart. All of these things that we would hope to come together. God set in place that those things would be restored. God is a God who restores, and he wants to restore this this earth. He wants to restore your families, and he wants to restore your lives this morning. But I think it forms some questions for us, the year of Jubilee as well. So if we can work down there, that would be fantastic. And the first question I've got for you is this. How do I see God? Ask yourself that question this morning. How do I see God? Do you see him as somebody far away on a cloud who's not really interested in your life? Do you see him as somebody who is angry and cross at you? Do you see him as somebody who you think, oh, I hope he's real? Do you see him as somebody who is close and loving with you? Because I think it's really important. Because when we know how we see God, it actually determines how we live our lives. It actually stops us being swayed into wrong thinking. It stops us being taken down paths that aren't good for our lives, that aren't helpful for us, because we know how we see God. How do you see God this morning? Hopefully, some of these points will help you on that journey. If we see God in his fullness, as a God who wants to bring a reset to our lives, as a God who wants to break chains, as a God who wants to set us free, as a God who wants us to live in a constant jubilee, if we see him as this God, then it maximizes his power in our lives. And as I said, it is Pentecost Sunday. God sent his Holy Spirit to empower us and to maximize God's power in our lives so that we would no longer be held down by chains, that we would no longer be enslaved by this world, but that we would be free and that we would be empowered by his Holy Spirit. So let's look at a few things about, I believe, how the Jubilee sets us up to look at God. And if we realize what the Jubilee truly is, then we can realize who God truly is and truly wants to be in our lives too. So the first one is is this. To God, everyone is important. Yeah, that's you too who's sitting there going, oh, no, no, not me. Yeah, to God, everyone is important. Rich, poor, 
young, old, male, female, everything else in between, or whatever you choose to be or are, God says you are important to him and he loves you. And how do we know this? Because he sent the Holy Spirit for everyone. Those who were in slavery in the year of Jubilee were set free. The least in society. You may feel the least in society today. You may feel the most unimportant person in the world. You might be treated like an unimportant person in your world. But this morning, I want to say to you that to God, you are important. You are that important that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to forgive your sins so that he could create a way so he could relate with you. That wasn't just for me. That was for you. That was for each one of us. To God, everyone is important. You know, and God wants to restore us back to them community positions. God wants to restore the land back. God wants to bring restoration to show that you are important. You know, and we're going to be unpacking this over the next few months as we look at breaking chains. We're going to be unpacking how important you are to God and how much he wants you to be set free. So this morning, if you doubt that you are important, if you sit there and think, yeah, well, not really me. Do you know what I've done? Do you know what I did? Do you know what I think? God knows all of that. And he still sent Jesus to die on the cross for you. You are loved. You are important. And you may look at the celebrations that have been going on this weekend and think, well, I wasn't important enough to get a ticket to go and watch one of those events. I wasn't important enough to ride in the Queen's gold carriage thing that's going out today. Well, I don't get to do any of that. And I'll just go and have a pity party and think, oh, I'm just how I am. But God loves you. Don't think importance is as the world sees it, that you are on a stage and everyone is cheering. Importance is the fact that God loves you that he sent his son to die for you, and that your life matters to him. The next thing I believe is important that we know about God is God is about restoration. God is about reuniting. You know, so often the church has done a really bad job of this, and the church has caused division, and the church has caused unrest within society. But God is a God of restoration, God wants to restore people back to him. No matter where they've been, what they've done, what they look like or what they do, God wants to restore them back. God wants to hold them back in his family. And God wants restoration in your family too. God wants restoration in your life. And God can bring that by the presence of his spirit with you. He doesn't want to separate us out, but he wants to restore us back. You know, things so often get lost and stolen. Things so often get taken away from us. But God wants to restore back to you hope, joy, family, friends, the life that you feel that you've lost, the life that you feel that you're wasted. God wants to restore back to you even better, even more. And that's why the Jubilee was so important, because those who had been lost, those who had been forsaken, those who had gone off and done their own thing, those who had just gone, oh, stuff it, forget the family stuff, those who had sold themselves to slavery because they were in such a mess, God restored them back to their community. They were received. They were welcome. 
And God wants to receive and welcome us this morning. You know, so often we think, you know, God's done so many amazing things in my life. Can he really do it again? Can he really restore again my family, my health, whatever it is? Can he really do it again? You know, I've suffered with um, Meniere's disease for the last five years, which is a problem with my ear. I suffer with vertigo with it. It's not very pleasant. You know, and I've lived my life and God has restored so many things back to me through difficult times and season. And there are times when I feel so hopeless because of this disease. But I believe that God will restore back to me. I believe he will. And I believe the same for you too. I might stand here now, not standing in my jubilee year, but I believe it's coming. And I want to encourage you, have hope in your difficulty. Have hope when you feel like, well, why does everyone else get it and I don't? Keep going, keep believing, because God is a God of restoration. So God, to God, everyone is important. God is about restoration. The next thing that I think we learn from Jubilee is that God wants you to rest. God told them, let the land rest. Leave it alone. Let it rest. Don't harvest it. Don't sow. Don't plough. If stuff grows, eat it. That's fine. But leave it alone and let it rest. We have a real issue with rest, I think, don't we? We have an issue with it. Well, I'll rest by doing something. I'll rest by being something. You know, rest is actually about trusting God to provide. In that year of Jubilee, they had to trust God that something was going to grow. Otherwise, they were going to be flipping hungry. Let's be honest. They had to trust God because otherwise there would be nothing to eat. But they trusted him. If you've got an issue with rest this morning, I think you've got an issue with trusting God. I certainly have. I really struggle to rest. I'm one of those people who, if the room's a mess, I can't sit down and rest. So I will tidy the room. Doesn't matter about the other ones because I can't see them where I'm sitting. We'll shut the doors, tidy the room, put it in the drawers or whatever so it looks nice on the outside, and then I can rest. I can't rest until everything looks all right. And I married Paul. Thank you, God, for that blessing of mess. And now I have two teenage girls. The less said about their bedrooms, the better. Oh, sorry. They are tidy. Sorry, girls. One of them's not in here. It doesn't matter. Apologies to the one who is. (laughs) It'd be in trouble when I go home. But I struggle to rest because things are a mess. God wants us to learn to rest in the mess because we're trusting him. He wants us to let go of our fears, our insecurities, our doubts, the things that fill your time so you don't have to deal with the underlying issues. Because when you stop, you realize what's really going on. When you stop, you realize what mess is really inside and around you. But God wants to teach you to rest So you trust him in the mess. And I think this year, I would like to learn to rest more. And I hope you... So to God, everyone is important. 
God is about restoration. God wants you to rest even in the mess. God's life is all-inclusive. I love going on holiday. I really like going on an all-inclusive holiday because it means I don't have to clean up. I don't have to cook. I don't have to worry about where food comes from. I don't have to worry about my kids saying, I'm hungry, and me thinking, how much money have I got left till the end of the holiday? Because all-inclusive covers it all. It fulfills everything. It gives you the whole shebang. Now, you may not like all-inclusive. You may like going and trying different restaurants and tasting the different tastes of the local cuisine. That's lovely. But I like going all-inclusive because then I don't even have to go for a walk to decide which restaurant we're going to go and try. There is something that all of us like something to eat from. Okay, thank you. But God, God's life is all-inclusive. God has it all. He has it all for you. He's not just got a little bit. Well, you can come and have bed and breakfast. But you have to deal with the rest of it yourself. You have to provide the rest yourself. You have to go and sort the rest out yourself. God wants to give you the whole shebang. God wants to give you everything, all that you need. He wants to provide for you. And that is the whole point of the Jubilee. God has it all. Not only is he looking after the land, but he is looking after the people. He is looking after the communities. He is overseeing everything. And he wants to bring everything together. Your debts are paid. In full. All included. Everything. There is no small print. God has paid every debt. Has broken every chain. God's life is all-inclusive. It's your choice whether you choose to go up and take your pick of it. The next thing, God has set you free. And I've touched on this. There is freedom from bondage in the Jubilee year. Freedom from shame, freedom from unworthiness. God wants you to be free. Lay them aside. Lay them aside. He wants to set you free. Those things that have enslaved you for years. Those things that you think that's just part of who I am. God wants to set you free from each of those things. Romans 8, 1-2 says this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So where things try and put themselves on you, where people try and put you down, there is nothing to condemn you. You are free. You are free. You don't have to live in it anymore. You don't have to see it. So often we get comfy with the chains. So often we get comfy with the prison cell. It's all that we know. But God wants to break those things in your life. But he also wants to break your mentality that says, actually, it's all right that I live like this. God wants you to begin to see things differently. God wants you to see with his eyes. Because when we see things differently, we realize, actually, these chains aren't mine. Actually, this prison isn't where I should be living. 
God wants to restore and reset you so that you see yourself living an all-inclusive life that sets you free to be who he has called you to be. And the last thing I want to say to you this morning is God sounds the ram's horn over your life. That may sound weird. It's going to get a whole lot weirder in a minute. But the ram's horn was significant, and I will tell you why. It said when we read the Leviticus scripture, it said, sound the ram's horn all over the land. So this was something they did. So just in case you've not been counting, this is the year of Jubilee because we're sounding the ram's horn. So we all know when the ram's horn sounds is the year of Jubilee. The ram's horn was blown in victory. So one of the places that they would have blown the ram's horn was at Jericho when the walls came tumbling down. And the ram's horn was there to announce, peace has come. Peace has come. And they blew it all over the land. Not just in one area of your life then. If you are the land, it's not just one area that God wants to say there's peace. It's not just one area God wants to set you free, but all over the land, peace has come. Every area, every aspect, every relationship, past, present and future, peace has come. Peace of God because of what Jesus did. No condemnation, no fear, no guilt, no shame. And Baz is going to help me because this is what the ram's horn sounds like. You know, I just want to pray for you while this is sounding because I believe that God wants to set us free this morning. So let's just pray. Father God, we thank you that you are a God of Jubilee. We thank you that you, each of us, is important. We thank you that you want to restore, you want to bring rest, you want to set us free. You want to provide all of our needs. So God, I pray this morning, as this ram's horn sounds, that your peace would rest on people's lives. That freedom would come. That restoration would come. God, open our eyes. Come, Holy Spirit, this Pentecost Sunday and fill us afresh and bring freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Baz. I believe there's significance in that this morning. You may think it sounded a bit more like a cow than a horn, but, you know... God's in it all. And just as we conclude this morning, I want to say this to you. If we're living as individuals in the year of Jubilee, then it's not just about us. It's about the community that we belong to. So I want to encourage you as you go from this place, champion the poor and the downtrodden. Be providers of rest to others. Don't be cruel. Don't be difficult, don't be hard, but allow yourselves to bring that good news of Jesus. I want to read to you from Isaiah 61 as I close. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. This morning, God wants to set you free, but he also wants you to help set others free. I believe that when we see with God's eyes, when we hear with God's ears, then it transforms not only our lives, but the communities around us. So this morning, as we sing this next song, and it's a song of celebration, I want to encourage you, allow God to breathe fresh in you by his spirit. And as he does that, let that spread to those around you. Let that spread to your family and your friends. Let that bring restoration and freedom and a hope that you've never known before. Come on, let's stand. We're going to pray. Father God, I thank you that you are a God of restoration. God, I thank you that you are a God of freedom. God, and as we celebrate the Queen's Jubilee, I pray that we would have new and fresh revelation of what it means to live in your Jubilee. God, help us see what you see and hear what you hear. In Jesus' name, amen.